Welcome to the show. Today, let's take a few small yummy bites of knowledge that can empower you. Wake up memory technique is also here so you can actually remember what you just learned. High five to you for showing up. This is Claire at RDH Bites. Welcome back everybody to RDH Bites. This is Amanda with another dynamic episode and speaker. Some of you may recognize Melody Wright, an amazing team member here at Student RDH. Melody's from the Valley of Sun, Phoenix, Arizona, one of my favorite places to visit. And she graduated from Northern Arizona University with two bachelor's degrees, one in dental hygiene and one in biology. She's worked in private practice, public health, and education, and she taught clinically, didactically in Phoenix before coming to Student RDH and being our amazing school success coordinator. Welcome to the podcast, Melody. Thank you so much, Amanda. I am so excited to be here today and speaking with all of you on RDH Bites. We're so excited to have you. This is awesome because, you know, we get to interact as team members, but now we get to do some board review and a little bit of review of assessments for our practicing hygienists out there. So tell me a little bit about what we're going to learn in this episode. Yes, so we are going to be discussing dental indices, specifically looking at the indices used to measure biofilm and plaque. Awesome, and I know this is kind of a toughie for boards to remember all the different dental indices, and you having taught community health, I hope you've got some tips for us on how to remember these a little bit better. Yes, so I am excited to go through each one of the plaque indices um, and really kind of discuss the how and the why we would choose that indice to use, you know, in private practice and in public health as well. Perfect. So tell me a little bit more about these dental indices we're going to go over. You know, what what is the why here? Why are we learning about these? Sure. So performing a dental index is really an effective way to gather information or assess oral conditions of both individuals, like in a private practice setting, or groups of people. They can really provide us with insight on the presence and also the severity of oral diseases um, like periodontal disease and dental caries. And they really serve as a way to motivate our patients. So if we, you know, apply disclosing solution on our patient and hand them a mirror, you know, they can actually see exactly the debris that is present on their teeth versus us just saying, oh, you know, I'm finding a lot of plaque on your back teeth or, you know, right up front on your canines. Um, It really helps them to make that connection of what is present. Um, Also, what's really important about indices is that they can serve as a baseline um, for data collection for the evaluation of research studies. So they really provide us with numbers that we can then use statistical calculations and really determine and look if maybe one toothbrush might be better than the other by looking at the p-value. And then also, when we're doing community oral health programs, it's really important that we have a baseline for the community. And then when we do our evaluation throughout the program and at the end to see if the need has been met based on you know what's going on in the population. 
Um, but as you know, dental hygiene students, um, it can be very overwhelming to keep them all straight. So hopefully we'll kind of go into those plaque indices and again, um, discuss you know how they're done and go from there. Awesome. Okay, so how did you come to be you know so interested in this topic? What really attracted you to the indices we're going to talk about today? I think what really uh, attracted me was as a student, I remember just staring at my notes and looking at all of the different abbreviations of the different dental indices that we might come across. And I saw so many P's and S's and G's. And it was really overwhelming because at first glance, they all seem so similar. Mm -hmm. um, and I all and I really tend to focus on just trying to remember the abbreviations. Um, but however, I tend to forgot that, you know, you also didn't need to dig a little bit deeper and really understand the what and the how. So what does the indice measure? And most importantly, how do you do it? Um, so by focusing on the what and the how, this is particularly helpful um, for me as a student and then me as an educator, you know, teaching student in uh, the preclinic courses and then in community um, to help distinguish between different dental indices um, when it comes to measuring plaque. Got it. Okay, so let's just start at the very beginning here. Can you tell us what an index is? What does this word index mean? So an index is a numerical value that describes the relative status of a population on a graduated scale that has a set upper and lower limit. So we can think of that as a scale, um, you know, basically like from zero to three, from one to five. And this is very helpful because it's really a streamlined way of taking our observations. So what we're seeing and translating that information into a number or a score using standardized criteria. So it's going to be the same across the board. So if dental hygiene students are doing it here in Phoenix, they're gonna use the same criteria to do it. You know, we're out there in Texas where you're from. Um, mm -hmm. So everything is going to be standardized. Um, and then we can use these scores to then make comparisons among different groups of individuals. Uh, for example, we can look at the DMFT scores of high school students, maybe in two different counties here in Arizona, to see if treatment needs are being met. And if they're not, we can, you know, go in and maybe develop a program to understand why that's occurring and also to address these needs. Perfect. So everything you just said kind of follows the the pattern of a community program. So we need these indices in order to determine need and to plan programs. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's so important, I think, to have some type of a number that we can use and go back to. Again, baseline data to really look at and see if there are unmet needs into a community. Perfect. Okay. So how do we classify these indices? There are so many. So can you give us a little insight as to how we can even get started when we're talking about these? Sure. So um, how are indices classified? So let's first look at the general categories that we can use to classify an index. So an index can be described as simple or cumulative. So simple indices simply measure the presence or absence of a condition. 
Um, so for example, with our plaque indices, um, they may measure plaque at the gingival margin. So we ask that question, is plaque present? Yes or no. Um, cumulative indices, on the other hand, they measure both the past and present evidence of a condition or of a disease. Um, and an example of this is decayed missing filled teeth, or DMFT, that looks at active decay that is present and also evidence of past decay. So looking at teeth that may have fillings and or missing teeth due to decay. I think this is something we use a lot in private practice without even thinking about it. DMFT, when we're thinking about, you know, OHI and what to tell the patient. Yes, so a lot of times we do this, you know, on every visit, especially on those uh, new appointments with patients. We go ahead and we can collect all the data that we need to in order to make our diagnosis and present the best treatment option for our patients. Awesome. I love that, you know, relation to private practice as well as how is this going to apply on my national boards. Okay, so we've got simple and cumulative indices. Then what? Yes, so next, simple and cumulative indices can then be categorized as either reversible or irreversible. So irreversible means that the index measures a condition that can be changed. Um, and I don't know about you, Amanda, but when I hear the term reversible, I instantly think of gingivitis. So an yep. example... <laughs> An example of an index that evaluates the severity of gingivitis would be GI, uh, or gingival index. An irreversible index, that means that an index measures a condition, a condition that will not change. So an example of this would be the PSR, the periodontal screening and recording, um, looking for evidence you know, of deeper pockets um, that may indicate that periodontal disease and destruction has taken place. Okay, so the difference between, yeah, gingival index immediately, you know, anytime I hear reversible as a perio teacher, I'm like, gingivitis. Yes. So, okay, so are there further descriptors for these indices? What else might we hear about them? Yes, yeah, so when describing an index, you may also hear the terms modified or simplified. Um, when we use indices in dentistry, um, we can either assess the entire dentition, so all of the teeth that are present in the mouth, or we may select a few teeth that serve to represent the mouth as a whole. Um, so the group of teeth selected, and this might be something that you hear on your board exams, you may hear Ramford teeth, and Ramford teeth are numbers 3, 9, 12, 19, 25, and 28. And again, the indice may just choose a few teeth, and there's a couple of reasons why we may want to choose you know, a few teeth versus the entire dentition. If we are doing a community program and we're looking at you know, the condition of a certain population, you know, for time is usually of the essence. So we may need to choose an index where we can see you know, as many people as possible and so using an indice that uses, you know, the Ramford teeth versus the entire dentition is really a time saver. 100%, and especially if you've ever volunteered or worked in a public health setting when you have, you know, 17 SRPs in an eight-hour day, you really have to record the Ramford teeth in order to use it for a baseline, you know, compared to the next time those patients can come in. Okay, so 
let's talk about how does this impact us? What are we really digging into here? What do we need to know about these indices? So let's dig deeper into some of the simple reversible indices that are used to measure plaque. And we're going to really focus on the what and the how of each one. Hey guys, Amanda here with a quick announcement. Student RDH is helping thousands of students every year to pass the board examinations. We're voted number one in board preparation resources. If you're preparing for one of the biggest days of your life and you want to feel supported and confident, check us out at studentrdh.com. And if you're a faculty member, join us at professorrdh.com for exclusive faculty content. And now, back to the show. So the first one that we're going to talk about is our plaque index. You may also see this one referred to as Solness and Low. So our abbreviation, PLI, plaque index, and let's focus on the what. So what does it measure? Plaque index measures the thickness of plaque at the gingival margin. So we record scores on four surfaces of the teeth, mesial, distal, facial, lingual, and the how. So we use a probe to assess the thickness of plaque at the gingival margin. And that index is scored from zero to three. I love this one because I'm one of those hygienists that just loves to get out my ultrasonic and watch all the plaque disappear. So I'm sure most of us do or we wouldn't be doing this, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's one of my favorite parts is, you know, you can just look in the mouth and sometimes you don't even need disclosing solution. You can see the plaque that has built up on these surfaces, you know, over time. Uh, maybe those are surfaces that are constantly being missed when we do our plaque control at home. So, yes, there's nothing more satisfying than using our ultrasonics to really, you know, get that out of the way, get everything nice yes. and, and clean get a, and yeah, back to get health. Get a good look. Yes. Right? Get a good look at those teeth. Absolutely. So it sounds like the, you know, the plaque index would be a great baseline index for us to use for a community health program where we're trying to instill education for, you know, whatever patient base we're, we're aiming this at. Yes, that's correct. And our next plaque index that we're going to be looking at is our plaque control record. And so when I was a faculty member at the school here in Phoenix, every single patient that we saw had a plaque control record um, that was done on every visit because, again, it's such a valuable tool um, to use to show our patients, especially on that initial visit, this is where you're at now, and then this is where we want to see you again, you know, when we see your next appointment, maybe in a week or two weeks. So great for uh, setting goals for patients um, mm. when we talk about the percentage. So plaque control record, um, and you might see this as biofilm bio control record, just depending on the resource that you use. But plaque control record, PCR, is the abbreviation, um, and it measures just the presence of bacterial plaque on individual two surfaces. And so with this one, you do use disclosing solution, and then you use that plaque controlled record, and sometimes you will see the tooth divided into four surfaces. Sometimes you'll see it divided into six, um, pretty close to how we probe. So we have, you know, the distal lingual, 
the lingual, direct lingual, um, and then on the buccal side, you know, distal buccal, buccal, mesial buccal. And then you're going to color in the surfaces that you see have been changed with the disclosing solution. Um, and then using that information, you are going to calculate the percentage of the presence of plaque on the teeth. So with a plaque control record, this is a great one to use um, for individuals, again, to help with goal setting, um, to kind of help them understand maybe some of the areas that we want them to focus on more when we talk to them about their home care habits. Okay, so I'm sure you can relate to this, but as an educator, this is so much fun for me just to see the light bulb moment where the student sees how much plaque is actually on the teeth. Now, forget the math part for a second. We'll just pretend there's no math because I right. hate math. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is such a great tool for students and practitioners alike to use for their patients. And like Melody mentioned, goal setting can be very motivational for patients. So I want to encourage everybody, if you're not already, continue doing these plaque control records in school and in private practice. Yes, they are so important because we know that the patient plays a huge role in their care. And so really talking to them about what we're seeing, you know, telling them, you know, right now we are at a 72%. These are the, the surfaces or the amount of, of surfaces in your mouth that have plaque on them. You know, let's work together to find a way to help reduce that so we can start seeing maybe some changes in your gum tissue. We'll see the color change. We'll see reduced bleeding. Um, so goal setting is so, so huge um, when we see our patients. Agreed. I could not agree with you more, Melody. Okay, what else? What else do we have here? Right, so the next one we have our patient hygiene performance index, and this is a modified index. Um, so again, going back to our previous discussion, when you see M, or S after an index. Uh, it may be that it's simplified or modified. And this one, uh, it does look at specific teeth. So instead of looking at the entire dentition, it only looks at teeth 3, 8, 14, 19, and 24. Um, mm. So to help, again, just modified, you know, we're looking at just a select amount of teeth versus the entire dentition. Um, and with this index, it is used to measure the extent of plaque and also debris. So we're thinking, you know, if there's food debris present, material alba present, um, mm. that's what we're looking at with the patient hygiene performance index. And the how is how this one does use disclosing solution. So patient hygiene performance um, index, or PHPM, um, is different than our plaque control record because, again, we're looking at only a certain amount of teeth in versus the entire dentition. Um, so with our modified indices, these might be a good choice to use when we are looking at the community level. So looking at the plaque on a larger group of people versus just an individual. One of the major differences I'm noticing here is that patient hygiene performance index includes other debris like materia alba, food debris, things like that. Yes, that's right. So if your patient just came in and maybe eat, ate a bag of Cheetos, <laughs> you're noticing, <laughs> you know, the orange bits everywhere. It does look at food debris as well. 
Um, so that's something that is a difference between the plaque control record. Gotcha. So yeah, if y'all have ever had a patient who comes in at that one o'clock slot right after lunch, you're probably going to see some of this. <laughs> yes. Or kiddos with Oreos, you know, that's mm. a notorious to see, you know, the black cookies, especially on the inclusal <laughs> surface. And at first glance, you're like, oh, is that decay? No, it's just cookie. It's so. just Oreos. Okay. It's just Oreos. <laughs> Okay, and I, I think we have one more, yeah? Yes, we have one more. So the next one we're going to talk about is our oral hygiene index simplified. So the abbreviation is OHIS. And so what this measures, and this one is an interesting one. It actually has two components. Um, it measures or it estimates the two surfaces covered not only in debris, but it also looks at calculus. Mm. So that's a huge difference between the rest of the indices that may look at just plaque or, you know, debris like food debris, material alba. Now we're also including calculus. Mm. And so how, so obviously to look for calculus, either super gingival or subgingival, you need an instrument. Um, so with this index, you would use a probe or you can use an explorer um, to, again, to assess for debris, you would run the tip of that instrument across the two surface um, to estimate how much of the surface is covered with plaque. Um, and then for calculus, you would use that instrument, again, you know, super gingivally or, you know, under the gingival margin as well to detect the presence of calculus. Um, and this one is scored, you know, based on a scale from zero to three. And again, this is so helpful in public health settings when you have, you know, 15 patients in eight hours. You don't have time to do a full calculus detection on every patient. No, you do not. So that's a that's definitely something to consider when developing a program. You know, maybe look at those ones that ha that are modified um, if time is a factor. Um, but when we're seeing patients in private practice, that wouldn't necessarily be the best option to choose because you need to chart everything, the entire, you know, calculus detection, um, you know, looking at all of the teeth when we're doing the plaque controlled record versus one of the ones that are simplified. Got it. Okay. Well, I think this one's my favorite because it's the most simple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Melody, do you have any tips for us on, you know, how to recognize a good index or things that we should be on the lookout for, especially concerning boards. Like what might they ask about for us to know about an index? Yeah, so really you want an index to be easy to use, you know, the criteria to be pretty straightforward. And, you know, most importantly, I think for me and Amanda, this might be for you as well, you want it to be easy to calculate. Mm -hmm. um, so either just adding up scores, you know, or doing an average. So you don't want it to be, you know, really complex calculations. Um, also, Agreed. you want it to be efficient. <laughs> so you want it to be able to be done in a short amount of time. So again, going back to those simplified indices, you know, looking at a select amount of teeth um, to get it done as, you know, in the amount of time that you have. Um, also, you want it to be consistent. Um, so if I were to do the same index, maybe, you know, over and over again on the same patient, you know, I want to expect that I would get pretty close to the same scores. Right. So and then you if want I do it after you, 
we want to have, again, pretty consistent scores. Yes, absolutely. And that's so important, too, especially when we are doing a community oral health project where we're trying to see, you know, multiple people. We want to make sure that we're calibrated with each other. So we're following the same criteria, using the same instruments. So our scores, you know, we know that we are doing the best that we can um, to get accuracy amongst you know, the other clinicians that we're working with. Um, And lastly, the index, you know, it really should be designed um, to measure what it's intended to measure. Uh, So this is also known as validity. And you may see this on the board exams when you're discussing, you know, what to look for in an index. So if we're looking at an index that evaluates the presence of biofilm, it needs to do just that. So using, you know, disclosing solution, looking at the thickness by the gingival margin. So it needs to measure what it's intended to measure. So I have a quick wake-up memory for everybody. When you think of validity, I want you to think of something as true. Is this a true fact? So is this index measuring what it said it would measure? So validity, is it true? Do the instructions match the outcome, basically? So valid, true, instructions match the outcome. Okay, Melody, so let's close out this episode with a multiple choice question. I'm going to read the question and the answer choices, and then we'll give about 10 seconds for the students and listeners to think about it. Which dental index evaluates presence of plaque on individual tooth surfaces? A. OHIS B. PHPM C. PSR or D. PZR I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to think about that one. Which dental index evaluates presence of plaque on individual tooth surfaces? OHIS PHPM, PSR, or PCR? And Melody, what is our correct answer here? The correct answer is D, PCR, which which stands for plaque control record. So this evaluates the presence of plaque on individual two surfaces. Um, And for this one, it helps me remember, you know, individual two surfaces. This is an index that's really great for looking at individual patients, so more in a private practice setting, um, because, again, we're evaluating the entire dentition, um, and we can use the disclosing solution to calculate the percentage of surfaces that have biofilm on them. Got it. Okay. Well, Melody, this was amazing. I learned a lot about these indices. Like we said at the beginning, this is not an easy topic. So thank you so much for being with us today. We can't wait to have you back for another episode. Thank you so much, Amanda. All right, everybody. We will see you next time on another episode.